Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network, and I'd like to tell you that we have a new and improved website. It has two new features that we think you'll love. One of them is a vastly improved search engine so that when you type in keywords, you'll get a bunch of episodes really quick. The other is the ability to create a listener account. And in that listener account, you can save episodes for later listening. So you can create a kind of listening list. We think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them. Please visit the site today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books in Jewish Studies. I'm Jason Schulman. We've got a great show for you today. My guest is Saskia Kunin-Snyder, who teaches at the University of South Carolina. Here to talk about her new book, Building a Public Judaism, Synagogues and Jewish Identity in 19th Century Europe, published in 2013 by Harvard University Press. Saskia, welcome to New Books in Jewish Studies. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you. So, Saskia, this book is about the 19th century, um, but we, we sort of need to understand an earlier period, what modernity meant uh, for the Jews. Is there sort of a general story that you can tell us about what the transition was like from the medieval period to the modern period for Jews? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, of course, approach this from an aesthetic point of view um, and from an architectural point of view. And um, so when we look at from at that angle, um, what we see in, in mostly in Northern and Western Europe is that Jews in the Middle Ages built their uh, religious buildings and synagogues, as this book focuses on, um, in very, what we may call private ways, in a very kind of restricted sense, um, and not in a very public way. And so most synagogues and synagogue architecture were very modest. Um, Jews tended to be- build very small inconspicuous buildings that focus much more on the interior than on the exterior. Um, and that had a number of, of good reasons for why they did so. Most Jews were poor, didn't have the resources to build, and um, they usually couldn't own the land, although the Netherlands is a, is a strong exception to that. And um, there was also no desire to really publicize or celebrate publicly Judaism, and that changes in the 19th century. Um, and that changes mostly because of um, changing socioeconomic conditions of Jews, um, emancipation of Jews, where we see a transition from from building in a very private sense to a much more public way. Um, and some of that is expressed in monumental buildings, although certainly not all of those. And so all of a sudden we see that Jews and Judaism um, becomes very public. They become kind of publicly present and visual um, in cities, and that, that happens across Europe. And my book focuses particularly on northern and western Europe, particularly on London, Berlin, 
um, Paris and Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So, so for two millennia, really, synagogues were small. You said inconspicuous. Um, maybe the exception is the the golden age of Spain, but we'll put that aside. Um, you know, the, there were rules about the heights of synagogues, and then in the 19th century, we see the rise of these ornate public um, spaces in the center of the city. Um, so, so what 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 is going on there? Why are these why are some of these um, buildings getting built? Well, in part because uh, what we see is that Jews begin to have the resources to build. And so most or many, I shouldn't say most, but many Jews become part of the middle class. Um, and there is a desire, there is a kind of an ambition culturally and socially um, to become um, uh, more present and to show, and particularly in the German sense and in the French sense, to, to show to non-Jews that um, they are religiously respectable and um, in and kind of in very public ways. And so um, some of these buildings becomes quite ornate and in very, uh, very visual places. So if we would look at Berlin, for instance, um, early designs by the building committee um, or the building committee actually rejected early proposals because the buildings weren't um, visual enough. They weren't, uh, you couldn't see them as well as they, as Jews really wanted to. And so we see that they build a, a, a the biggest synagogue in the world at the time, um, the Oranienburgerstrasse synagogue in Berlin, built in 1866, that that um, is actually, um, they want it to be visual from multiple angles in the city. And they actually talk about this quite explicitly. And so um, Jews become visible, not merely in these in, in the field of um, kind of intellectual fields, in literature, um, in the free professions, but also aesthetically, Judaism and Jews become part of the urban scene in ways that they hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. I want to follow up on something you mentioned earlier, which is public-private distinction. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it meant in terms of synagogue life, but also sort of more broadly, um, that seems to be an important dichotomy sort of in European and Jewish thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and the synagogue changes in function in that respect, in that um, the synagogue becomes used for particular functions that it was never really used for before. Uh, for instance, weddings. Weddings tended to be held outside, or and, and synagogues were not really, um, there was no celebration inside, like in the Christian churches, the celebration of the wedding, and, and so that um, becomes part of, of the synagogue experience too, and and we see this in London, for instance, there's this wonderful illustration in a Jewish chronicle um, about this uh, wedding from the Rothschild family where women and men celebrate under the chuppah. They celebrate in the, in the prayer hall um, um, a, a wedding, an important wedding that is, op- that is opulent, ornate. Um, and so we begin to see that because of these new functions for the synagogue, that the design of them is affected by that. And so we begin to see that synagogues become, they, they add, for instance, a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a, um, a hallway for people to mingle when they come, uh, wives and husbands, when they come and mingle, um, there is a separate uh, section for weddings. Um, they sometimes have the disappearance of uh, the galleries where women and men used to be separated, um, where the galleries disappear and now the interior becomes mixed. Um, and of course, all of that is influenced by the rise of reform, particularly in Central Europe in the 19th century. And so because of these new bourgeois functions, kind of Jews showing their cultural refinement to not only themselves, but also to, to others, 
that um, the interior is dramatically affected by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it did send a message. I mean, even if a Jew in Berlin didn't attend the synagogue, the building itself was sort of a symbol, mm-hmm. right? Um, and t- t- tell us about the um, the temple. Uh, you know, not the temple, just a temple. That seems to be sort of related to uh, reform and, and presentation of, of Judaism as, as a religion and not sort of as something else. Absolutely. I mean, synagogue to be um, only what the scholar uh, Dominique Charasse called merely a function, right? That you could have a synagogue service anywhere. You didn't really need a, a separate building for that. You can have it in your own living room as long as you had a minion. And so the goal was always to, um, to the hope was always for the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. And so that changes in the 19th century as well when Jews begin to see their own heimat, their own homeland, whether that was France or Germany or Great Britain, as their permanent place, as their um, Zion, so to speak. And so the synagogue itself then becomes their kind of permanent, and it becomes a much more sacred place to them, both sacred as well as secular, where they can show their their bourgeois respectability. Um, And so the synagogue itself, ironically, becomes actually much more important to Jews aesthetically and also as a function within their middle class lives, um, even though they become also more secular. And so that's the kind of the strange irony is that the more secular Jews become, the more important many of these monumental synagogues become as well. And so that's um, kind of part of your answer, I suppose. You you say that buildings are fascinating storytellers. I'm curious in what way. have people studied synagogues before, and, and how did you sort of think to look at them slightly differently? Yeah, I mean, uh, synagogues are, of course, I mean, there are a lot of table books about synagogues, and there are also some serious studies about synagogues, um, but they tended to... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.